Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Okay, going there, listeners, we are back with a fun interview. I know. We're excited today because we are podcasting today with another fellow podcaster, which we love when we get to do because it's a treat. We get to learn from them and it just feels really smooth and fun. So today we have with us Emily Landers. So welcome, welcome, Emily. Emily. Thank you, ladies. You guys have given me such a warm welcome already. Before we started recording, we're putting together all the dots as to how we're meant to be besties. All the connections. Yes. How small our world is and all of our connections. We love anyone that comes on, but there are certain guests that we get off or even after we stop recording and talk to you, it's like, oh, that felt like you were right here and we would all be friends if you lived where we do. And so it's fun that we get to have our little social media podcasting world friends out there. See, we always talk about the bad things about social media, but then the good things are that it can connect people like this. But yes, we learned about you. You have a podcast. How'd you do that? And we know you from a few now connections through our friend Cece and through our friend Annie. So fun. You went to Baylor back in the day, know them, and then your time in Fort Worth. But why don't you start us off there, share with our audience just a little bit more about you, what your life looks like, family, community, all the things. I love it. Well, thank you. Love the setup. Love being somewhat in studio with you guys today. I'm recording here in California, but yes, gosh, a little bit about me. It's like, where to begin? But I always love to start. I'm a proud native Texan. You guys mentioned that I went to Baylor. And I have a twin sister who I'm very, very close to. And we both went to Baylor University. I became very interested in my career towards the end of college. So I wasn't a very good student. I was very heavily involved in my sorority and had a lot of fun. I didn't really care what grades I got back as long as I was having a good time outside of class. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate. (laughs) Yeah, you can relate. And so post-grad, I really took my career seriously, moved to New York. We can get into those details, but ultimately found myself in California when I joined my husband. He was a law student at Pepperdine Law. And I really feel like my story begins with him and with that season of life because we've lived in California now for almost eight years. And I can't believe just how God has orchestrated our story and the community he's brought us to. So I think that's probably a good overview of just some of the fun details to get to know me a little bit better. Wait, I have to ask. So was there pressure for you and your twin sister to go to the same college? Or did that just happen? Or were you guys like, no, we want to get to the same spot? So my mom went to Baylor. And I think that we, and this is just an interesting side note, my senior year of college, my mom actually had breast cancer. And so we weren't really looking to go far. And we weren't really looking to do anything too crazy in that season of life because we just wanted to be somewhat close. We wanted to know what was going on with her. Thank you, God. She's 10 years cancer-free. She'll be cancer-free for the rest of her life, in my opinion. But that was a side note for, I think, maybe why Whitney and I didn't really look to go anywhere else. And with the family ties and my grandparents who were very involved in our childhood, my grandfather was a big Baylor Bear fan. So I think it just made sense. Go Bear. Yeah, sitcom. How dare I? I said go Bear. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go for the first time a few weeks ago, and it's such a special school that I really hadn't heard much about. I feel like it's it's getting so much more, I don't know. I was surprised at how small it was. I wasn't expecting it to still feel really small, but 
It's a really neat school. I would not mind if my kids one day wanted to go there. It's cool. It's far ways away from where we are, though. It's so sweet. And it's funny because my husband, he was a bear, too. He went to Brown on the East Coast. And we actually met my freshman year of college. He came visiting my roommate thinking he might like her. They were family friends. And they didn't last through the weekend, but we met and then reconnected years later. So brown bears, bears. Yeah, that's our thing. Oh, my goodness. Wait, that's hilarious. It's in the blood. That's awesome. That's so funny. Well, we mentioned a minute ago that you have a podcast, How'd She Do That? And would you just tell us a little bit about that podcast and how you got that started and what that looks like now? Definitely. My favorite thing to talk about, I actually have two HSDT recordings coming up after this one. I have not braved the video world like you guys have. So props to you. I'm still sitting over here on audio only. It's new for us. Yeah, new for us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I started the podcast. So I started How'd She Do That in 2020. I believe our first episode went out on June 8th of 2020. I had before COVID, uh, that cursed word, gone to a radio station and had offered, well, I had applied to read ads for them. I had had compliments on my voice for many years and they were very excited. But of course, when COVID hit, they took back that offer. But I had gotten so much confidence from their comments and their excitement around me coming to read ads. I thought, okay, well, I just need to do something. And a podcast had been on my mind for a long time, but I hadn't known how to do it, how to start it. So I launched How'd She Do That? My first episode was with my twin sister, Whitney, just to see what was going on. And then our early episodes were social media clients of mine, a woman I've worked with in luxury boutique hotels for many years, and we just stayed really connected to the career side of things. But since then, I think this week, our 178th episode went live. We have launched a shop, shophsdt.com, where you can actually shop our previous guest. And this year, we hit 1 million listens. So It's been a crazy ride, but I absolutely love it. That's impressive. Did we start around? Did we start in 2020? Yeah. So we started around the same time, and it's just been really cool to see how you incorporate different women. And yeah, it's companies, brands, people that I would never know of, and to get to share their stories. And now the shop thing, I mean, you're just a genius in business too, because I would think that that's also very appealing to then getting guests to come on because they can had their product shared. And it's just a really cool little ecosystem. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Every conversation. I mean, I think women were just nosy also. So we just want to know. I mean, your whole intro was always like, do you want to know how she got that? How'd she get there? And it's genuinely like, no, how did people make this happen? And some of them takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. And other people like this kind of fell into my lap. And this is what I did with it. And so it's just fun how every story is different. But what would you say out of all those conversations, what is one of the biggest things you've learned or experienced in those conversations? And why do you keep doing that? Good question. I think for me, and it goes back to the theme of how'd she do that? I love that you guys are like, yeah, we're nosy. That was my whole thing. I wanted to genuinely know, are the people on social media, are these brands that I'm connecting with, is it really all so rosy and amazing? And I look at them like, wow, you're making millions from your XYZ. And I think peeling back the curtain for guests who really will go there, to not make a pun, but to go there, they will share the real nitty gritty. And I think one of the biggest takeaways to question on what is that would be that they're all figuring it out. And I don't think even the women that you look at and you think they've arrived, and I could name a long list of previous guests, many of my guests have hit amazing milestones in their business financially. Many of them have been on the Today Show, things like that, that you just think, 
Well, you have arrived, but there's always holes. There's always things that would surprise you, whether it be the lower numbers of their listenership. And none of this is judgmental. This is just the things that you find out on the back end. So whether it be, oh, wow, I really thought they were going to bring in more listens. They really didn't. Wow. Even though they have 100,000 Instagram followers, wow, those numbers were really low. That's interesting. Or they share different parts of their business that I might have squared away, set up great for the podcast. And I'm surprised that they don't have that acclimated on their end. So I think it's just so amazing to be able to hear those details and to just, ah, okay, we're all genuinely trying to figure it out. I like it so much because obviously you're talking in the context of business and career, but everything you just said can even be brought down to a human level. And we talk a lot about social media on our podcast. Girls are always asking us, how do we balance all of it and pick out what's real and just deal with living in a world of social media? And I think that's so genuinely true for human interaction as well is that you can see just this perfect life. We all know that idea of, okay, it's the highlight reel. Everything you see isn't exactly what you think, but we can say that verbally. And I don't think that seeps into our soul yet of really understanding that, oh, that girl that you see on Instagram that looks like she does the weekly date night and the perfect kids that are doing so well in school and all their sports. You're not sitting on her couch with her hearing about the brokenness going on in her own life and the struggles that her and her husband are going through and all the different ways that her life is normal and hard. And I think that's just such an important takeaway for anything in life. Anyone you encounter is to know that, hey, they have a whole story behind what I'm seeing right in front of me. And I just get so interested to be like, I want to know, what's your story? What makes you sit up in bed at night thinking and having your mind reeling? even though the next morning you're up and you're going and killing it in your career. I love getting to know someone on a deeper level like that. And that, I think, brings us all into this place of everyone just wants to be known and loved at the end of the day. And we can have all of these successes and accolades, but at the end of the day, it's who are you as a person and what do you need? And I think, too, your conversations are awesome because they breed vulnerability. And the whole classic cliche saying vulnerability breeds vulnerability that I think authentically, even last night we were talking about even just some life expectations. Is it wrong to have expectations? No, that's just how our minds work. It's actually how God just created us. No, we are going to feel a sense of, oh, this is what will happen next. And that's not wrong. But then how do we manage those expectations? And really being able to just open up and say, hey, this is where I'm struggling, or this was a journey that was really hard, or the launch of my business did not go well, or my marriage is feeling really broken right now. In those conversations, then other people feel also the autonomy and the authority to say, oh, wow, me too. And I feel camaraderie with you in that. And so how can we move forward together and encourage being each other to move forward and hope and to work hard or to do better or to fix things or. And so I think that's what your conversations do, which are really fun and empowering for not just women, but all people in all areas of life. Oh, thank you. I totally agree. I heard it said once and I can't give any credit to whoever this was. So if it was you, let us know. But there was a saying, it was something along the lines of, Find the person that you would switch lives with in a heartbeat. Find that person. And once you find them, know that there is something happening in their life that you basically would not want to touch with a 10-foot pole. There's something in their life that you would not want, period, hard stop. And it would turn you around to go back to being you. And I just think that's so true. And I think it's true when you get into the weeds with people, when you understand what people are going through, you realize, I actually don't want your struggles. I have my own, but they're mine. 
And so I think that's definitely a huge lesson that I've learned with HSDT. Well, yeah. And obviously, you've even touched on it in a few ways in your story. But we want to bridge now into how does your work intersect with your personal life? You talk a lot in social media about you and your husband's life in California, your local church. But how do these things play together? It feels so different from like our little lives in the Midwest. I'm always so interested in what does it look like? Community and church. Tell us all the things. It's such a great question. I think people, California can be the big bad boogeyman for people, especially with the news and what we have going on in the world. It's, oh my gosh, what are you experiencing out there? We are experiencing an amazing movement of God. Luke and I have been in California for, like I mentioned, the last eight years. Luke has been here almost 10. I have been here like I said, almost eight. And when we moved out here, well, Luke picked Pepperdine Law. He attended Pepperdine Law. I think I mentioned that. And he picked it for the Christian values of the school. He had, I had mentioned, gone to Brown, which is a very liberal, almost godless university. Many Christians who go to Brown would disagree with me, but having visited the campus and just knowing what that campus looks like, he was pushed really hard in college for his views, for his morals, for his thoughts on things. And he was beloved by so many. He's an amazing guy. That's just what happens to him. I would cower down in some of the situations that he was put in, and he ended up making friends. So all of that to say, Pepperdine was a huge breath of fresh air for him, and he decided to come to Pepperdine for that reason. We stayed out here because of the community that he built. We have so many friends. We have some Texans out here, but Pepperdine in and of itself and Malibu, it's amazing because so many revivals, so many movements. When you're in California, you'll see an outfit on someone stylish. It might be a little weird when you see it, but you see a stylish outfit on somebody. You're going to see that in Texas probably in two years. Oh, yeah. And then (laughs) in Missouri, another Another year year later. Yeah. And so in Missouri, maybe we'll see it in that next 10-year time frame. I'm yeah. totally yeah. No, kidding. No, it's, it's pretty true. true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness we have social media. <laughs> yeah, you can see what's coming. But it is. There is a real reality to that. So for us, it was so important for us to get plugged into the local church. My husband began attending a church called Vintage. Our pastor is out of the Anglican Church of Britain. So he is an Anglican minister. We were there for, I think, about four years. And then Luke and I were in conversations with our leadership to say, okay, I think that we could have a vintage church in Malibu. Can we please do that? We're driving 45 minutes to church in Santa Monica. Is there any way that we can get a church out here in Malibu? So we were on the launch team for Vintage Malibu and It's just been amazing. We've done all kinds of different things. My husband's currently the finance guy. We're on the board, but we've done the welcome team. We've done everything. And it's not been without hurdles. I feel so much for people who have church hurts that they can't overcome. I'm so grateful that's not my experiencing, having been raised in the church and then being an adult who serves in the church. I think you just have to stick with it. We have seen lows for our church. And now with the leadership of an amazing new pastor that we absolutely adore, we're seeing just amazing things happening in Malibu. And if we hadn't stuck around during those challenging years, we wouldn't be able to see the fruits of it all now. So we're in a really good place. And I just hope it's encouraging for people to hear that there's an amazing movement happening specifically in Malibu, but I would even say all the way into Santa Monica, down into Orange County. We're here. That's cool because we do have these theories and thoughts. I can do the same about New York City. Like, I love to visit, but I couldn't live there because I actually have some friends that live in New York City and go to a very thriving church and have such a cool Christian community. But it's just funny how we can start to get these ideas that, well, that would be really hard to live out your faith in a place like Malibu. 
I think of it as the beautiful homes and the celebrities and all the things. But to hear that, no, if every person, if every follower of God left California to go to their safe, comfortable space back in Texas or where I'm from in Arkansas or mid Missouri or wherever, no, God places everyone specifically for a purpose. And there can be so much there that I don't know. I just think we count places like that out because it's, oh, they don't want that. They don't want that there. But I love hearing that encouragement. Well, and you speak so wisely just about you and your husband's just thoughts and ideas about being a part of a local church. I love that you say we attend there and we happily serve there. I think Samantha and I are huge proponents and just preach a lot about, hey, like you got to be a part of a local community and a local church. We are called into community that you cannot do this alone, that we are finite people who are broken people and you need others around you to encourage and inspire and just speak truth when you can't believe that. So I just think it's really cool how you speak about that because it obviously, yeah, God's moving there and working there. You mentioned that you obviously work a full-time job at Pepperdine Law, and then you have your podcast and you guys are super involved in your community. So it seems like Emily Landers has a lot going on. Talk to us about how do you balance all of these things? How do you and Luke picture your life as Christians, also your life as professionals. How do those things intersect? How do you guys think about those things? What does that look like walked out in your daily life? It's such a good question. And I almost need to pause and give you an update, I think in January. So I just started a new role and it's been incredible. I think God really just poached me. He picked me up. I was working from home for 10 years, very comfortably, had every intention of just continuing to beat bop around. And my family was very concerned about me when I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to go into the office. They were like, are you okay? Are you going to be able to do this? What's going on? But after a few days, and I am getting to your question, but after a few days... No, it's great. Thank you. Of being able to be around people, I was just overcome with gratitude to be able to be around people again. So to your point on community and being present and being around people, I think there was a part of me that was hiding working from home. I think there was a part of me that was actually stifling my career, my ability to do good because I can just stay home and I can hide out. But God aggressively pushed me out of that scenario. So I think that question, it's really something that Luke and I are trying to navigate and figure out. He is go, go, go. He's a young attorney. He does very well. He's moving the needle at his firm. And it's so impressive to see. And then, of course, I now have a rather large executive position that I'm moving the needle forward on. And I think that we balance each other out in a really great way in that. But for instance, in Malibu, we have staff dinner that we were invited to for our church. That's at 5 p.m. There's absolutely no way Luke and I are going to be done working at 5 p.m. So we just have to see, I think we say no to things better than we used to when we were younger. And I think that we try to really focus in. I mentioned our community is amazing. We probably have a birthday, a baby shower, or something every single weekend, maybe two. And so we've really tried over the last few years after being at every single one of those to really pick and choose and say, okay, what can we actually do? Where can we actually show up in the most valuable way and in the way that's going to be most life giving to us too? So We do try to navigate it somewhat seriously and also give space for just chill time together. Christian and I have both shared on this podcast over the past mainly year, we've both gone through these journeys of just whittling down our schedule, clearing life to have space to breathe because same thing, it's the birthday party straight to the dinner, straight to the date night, straight to the, oh my gosh, just too much. And it's interesting now, I think when I talk to people and you get the typical, how are you? 
just so busy where they're almost like taking the breath. I almost so now, like almost a badge of honor. I'm yeah, busy. They take that as a badge of honor where now I view that when I hear people, I'm like, oh, you're in that. And it's tempting. And there's still seasons where calendar wise, my week looks packed. But now when someone is able to articulate to me, oh, we've just really tried to create space and look at what's important and what's life giving, not in a sense of a selfish way or just sticking in your comfort zone. But I view that as such a sign of maturity now and not to put down the people that are like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But it really is, well, then what are you doing? I think we can just be living life and letting it happen to us without looking at what does God want my days to actually look like? And how can I glorify him in my decisions of how to structure out my days? And so I love hearing that. I think it's really important. It's good. It is. It's wild to think about. And I think we're still trying to navigate it. This is probably a more, you guys didn't really ask for this, but I think it might be helpful to share. I think too, one thing I'm really trying to navigate and have been trying to figure out, even as we're talking about careers and just connecting with so many different women, my personal sphere and community here in California, specifically in Malibu, is filled with young mothers. And I am not yet a young mom, and I'm very hopeful to be one. And I've had to take a step back from that and try to figure out okay, who can I have in my community right now that is talking about other things apart from the painful experience that I'm going through in a happy way? So I'm sitting in conversations all about birth, all about upcoming babies, and I'm just sitting there. And my friends are aware of this, my close friends, but our group is large enough that there would be some that wouldn't recognize, wow, okay, we've been talking about this for an hour, and Emily is in this conversation, and no one has stopped the conversation. And I'm not pointing fingers. And I know that it's up to you to make those changes, I think. And so that's something just being totally candid and totally vulnerable. Hopefully it's encouraging to someone that I'm trying to navigate. I'm trying to branch out and be able to connect with women who are experiencing similar things to me that understand what I'm going through. And I think that's important to give yourself that grace because you can have relationships and friendships for many years. And it's not like they're going anywhere, but it might be that you want to add some new people into the community and you have to make room for that. You have to make that an intentional choice. Very, very random side note, but I thought I would share. That's so interesting because that's part of my story as well. Both of my kids are adopted and there's been so many years of growth and grieving, honestly, just what my journey with some miscarriage and loss and infertility looked like. And I think I am very healthy. There were times that would be right after a loss and I could not go to that baby shower just out of protection for my own heart. And For most of those conversations, Christian's pregnant right now with her third. We see each other and talk every single day. And I genuinely have so much freedom to just be celebrating her pregnancy and this new life coming in the world. And that doesn't feel as hard. But every once in a while, we just had an experience where we were together. And there was a conversation that it just was, oh, I think people forget. My husband and I are sitting there at this big table. And it's like, that's really painful for us to reflect on the fact that what you guys are talking about will never be a part of our experience. And just having Christian, having the awareness to check in on me. And yeah, you need people like that because we're human. I mean, like I said, I feel like I've done a lot of hard work and grieving and I'm in a comfortable spot, but there's still conversations that I totally get what you're saying. I think the awareness when people are so in that, they don't realize it's, you have been complaining about your birth story for an hour and the pain. And I don't want to take that away from you being hard, but let's read the room and remember that I've been through really painful losses and experiences with that thing. And I would give anything to have been able to have a healthy labor and delivery, no matter what that looked like. And so sometimes I totally love what you say in that because it's 
not a selfish thing. It's not pulling away because these people are wrong or bad, but it's also just the way that I think God intends community to be, that we can be around other people too, that maybe they could learn from you and grow in that way from you. So I think that's really cool that you shared that. Well, wisdom and tact too, once again, comes up in the Bible. It talks a lot about how do we have conversations with wisdom and tact and just loving people in an array of circumstances. We got the opportunity to go sit with one of our friends who leads a college Bible study. And we sat with these girls and a lot of them are getting ready to graduate from college. And they just were like asking us on a little panel. And many people asked us about friendship. What does that look like when I move away? And one of our things was we talk a lot about friendship. People talk about community. They want us to talk about community on the podcast all the time. And I think one interesting thing is you are very wise and humble and gracious in how you talk about that. Because I think we often, there's an appropriate amount of the people who you do find a lot of camaraderie with, that you do a lot of life with, their lifestyle may look very similar to yours. They may also be a mom if you are a mom, or they may also be a working mom if you are a working woman if you are a working woman. That is just the reality of how our lives are going to intersect. But then there's also an appropriateness to say like, no, I need to be friends with people who look different than me. And I think we as Christians lose a lot of just tact in that, that we think, oh, that's going to be different or too hard, or we want to be comfortable. And so I think it's really cool how you and your husband in your community have chosen to show up in places that are really comfortable. You even saying, hey, in this bigger group of friends, I have a few close ones that really understand that experience for me in that. But then it's also, I am going to continue to put myself in uncomfortable situations because like, I also want to love these people and I can be friends with people who look different than me. And I think we often want one of those extremes and we are uncomfortable sitting in the in-between of saying, no, I can have some friends who look a lot like me and some friends who really don't in all different ways, even if that's faith-wise or work-wise or politically, like all of those things, I think we're just so drawn to want to look all the same when there's wisdom in both. It's comfortable to have the friend that agrees with every way you choose to parent and every way you do marriage and believe politically exactly the same. It's, well, that feels good. No one's challenging me on anything. But But you just speak about that really wisely because I'm like, I think, I hope our listeners are even hearing. I'm like, wow, such wisdom and how you and Luke, I think, there's obviously intention in how you guys do that. But I also think that's just God working in placing you guys in certain groups where you are able to learn and grow. And you can be gracious to say, no, I'm going to extend understanding that like maybe they're not picking up on that. Or I just think that's really wise. So that's awesome to hear from you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I completely agree. And thank you both for sharing. I think one of the things that I've learned more recently This has been a two, three year process where at the end of the three years, I look up and I actually don't see my current situation in my community at all. I don't see anyone that is similar to my current experience. And I think there was a time frame that I would just be so desperately sad about it and just leave group settings and community moments and just be like, I'm so sad. I am dead last. That's how I felt. And gosh, I don't mean to get too into the weeds on this, but perhaps I could share this. And again, I'm sorry, I didn't realize the conversation would go this way. But probably a year and a half ago, I just, the only way to describe this experience was I felt as though, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you guys. Don't you love when it sneaks up on us? I'm crying right now. I'm like, okay, yes. So sweet. Well, I just want to share this because I don't necessarily with my show, I don't share these things because it's very guest heavy. So I really am grateful to have the opportunity and platform with you guys to share this. But I just felt, and this was a lie from the enemy, but I grabbed onto it. I felt like any, gosh, 
I'm going to get this out. I felt as though any confetti, anything at my baby shower would be reused, leftover. I'm so sorry, guys, from someone else's. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. And I share that because no one told me that you could feel like this. And I want to share that I felt like that. But through the grace of God and through really, really, really trusting that he has a plan for us, we've been able to pick ourselves up and say, okay. And I think that with that, I am looking for (laughs) more friends to navigate this with. And that's a really, really deep example of recognizing, okay, God, you do have a plan for me. And I love my friends. I love my community. But can you bring more people in instead of me just coming home and being sad all the time? Let's take action. Let's see who else can I connect with. So I apologize in getting so emotional on that, but I do think it's important. Please don't. No, we cry. Please don't. One That's of amazing. us cries on almost every episode. I mean, it's real, Emily. It's what you're going through. And I'm just thinking of our girls. I mean, I have friends right now that are listening to those words. And if it's not pregnancy, it's singleness and marriage and desiring that so deeply. And I just think whatever we're waiting for, that we look around and we see, oh, everyone else already has that. It's such a lonely place to be. And I'm so grateful you felt vulnerable enough to share that because I know When girls get to hear that, I think right then and you sharing that, that makes someone else listening be like, wait, I'm not the only one that has felt like that. I mean, I've never heard that so beautifully said about feeling like the confetti would be left over at yours. I just relate to that and have felt that. And I know so many people feel that for a wedding or the bachelorette party or whatever it might be that they're waiting for in a season. And so thank you for sharing that. Never apologize. This is why we have this podcast because we go deep in conversations yeah, that are no, thank like you. That. I feel honored that you would share that with us. And so I think you and Luke obviously have yeah, clung to the truth of like what you said. You're like, I can't sit. I've never heard someone say that. And I remember thinking that, saying it and saying, Oh, I can feel those things. And that is a true feeling in my heart and mind. But then I also can choose to believe truth of that God does have a plan, that he has us safe in his hands, that he does have purpose in our marriage. And what is that going to be? If you're willing and able, would you share with us? So how do, because yes, thinking of the women who are listening to this podcast now, I think it's not just having a child. It's like Samantha said, multiple other life circumstances that in our hearts and minds, we just desire those things and they're not happening. But can you talk to us or share with us, how did you and Luke move from that place of, this is the sadness that we're in. This is the brokenness that we're feeling. But what are you looking towards or how do you find that courage or faith to choose to believe what God says is true about your story? Such a great question. It took a lot of time. I mean, I told you, I bought into that lie for a long time until we were actually praying with our pastor and his family and had shared that and we prayed through that. And during that prayer, he just said, that's a lie and you need to repent because I partnered with it. I believed it. And so I think From that place, I really had to fight back. I had to actually say, God, you didn't forget about me. You haven't forgotten about me. I think I really felt like he had. And again, I'm talking about years right now. So this is not an aha moment in a month, but I love your example. And you get so into the weeds of your own story and your own pain and your own thoughts. But yeah, that leftover confetti for a bachelorette, for a wedding, for whatever it might be. I love that you would take that to a larger audience and example than I would have ever imagined. 
But I think for me, for instance, and this is just really another vulnerable moment, earlier this year, I was out on a kayak. And this is hilarious. I was out on a kayak and I was thinking about motherhood and I was thinking about how my time as a mother had not yet come. And I was paddling into the wind. And there's something about an activity like this that just makes you think, I don't know, I was just praying and thinking. And I just ended up paddling into the wind as hard as I could. And I was just saying out loud, you didn't forget about me. You didn't forget about me. You didn't forget about me. And I just hadn't had a moment like that where I really told myself the truth and got my confidence back up. But I think that was just an amazing example of really believing the truth and deciding for myself that I believed it and that I was done moping around. And of course, there's really painful, challenging moments in life that continue on. But to have that foundation of you did not forget about me, I may have acted like you did, I may have thought that you did, but you did not. And so I just hold on to that. And I think that's a great just line to hold on to. You didn't forget about me. And it's true. He didn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. He has not forgotten about me for one second. And it's so important to be able to speak those things out loud because we can know truth about God. But what you did is exactly what we've tried to teach girls on this podcast is, first of all, you have to know truth to be able to believe it and have it seep into your life like that. And so that's why we're always wanting girls to really know how to read their Bible and study God's word and spend time in prayer. And you did the thing that is the most important. We can almost ignore that we're believing certain lies about our vision of who God is opposite on who he is and who he says he is in scripture. And until we say it out loud, like your pastor called you out to do, we're letting those lies live on. And so we have to say them, we have to repent. And that it's almost when that has happened, at least in my own life, the freedom and the breath I can take of saying, okay, that lie doesn't, it's not like I'm healed from believing that lie. Sometimes we believe those lies for years and years, and it takes a lot of time to go backwards on that. But it loses its power when you bring it into the light. We know that about sin, and it's so true. And then from that, you have to retrain your brain to think the truth about God. And so exactly, I mean, sometimes speaking the things that it's like, well, God already knows it deep in my head or my thought, or I don't need to say that out loud. Sometimes speaking it for me, I can just picture you in the wind, just like yelling that almost, and it just being such a victorious thing of, no, I'm not going to believe that lie anymore. I'm switching back to, I know this truth. And It's so powerful to say those things out loud. I love that. And being a community that we can say that to each other. I think a lot of times how we say, I don't need to say that to myself. I know that. I think a lot of times in community situations, we're like, I'm not going to say that. That would be so cheesy and awkward. And it's no, be the friend who can look at your friend and say, you're believing a lie that is not true about you. You know, that's not true. I mean, I was talking with a friend yesterday that I sat there with her and I looked her in the face and I said, you know, those things are not true. And she looked at me with a blank stare. And I could tell she's like, I know I don't know that yet. And I'm like, it's like no, you can you... know that, but you don't yeah. know that and I'm like, in the no. moment. I was like, we're going to speak truth to what you're saying to me right now, because that makes no sense. That is not true. That's not who God says you are. That's not what your life has looked like. That's not what your circumstances are. And she's just sitting there sobbing. And I'm like, let's be people who can call that out because sometimes maybe we're not strong enough. I mean, I love even just you laughed as you shared that story. It is like a funny one because even in that, you're paddling against wind. You're paddling against tension that is hard. I love that you share that like, it wasn't just an aha moment in one day. It wasn't an aha moment in one month for Luke and I. This has been years of us processing that. And just the reality of there is the tension and the hardness between one day may be really hard and the next I'll feel really encouraged or this week is going to be really 
just tumultuous in my grief of just the situation. And maybe the next I'll have hope. And I think it's really cool that you can share that with us. And so thank you for sharing that story today. I love that. Just you've already shared so much of what God's been teaching you. But if you want to share anything, just what are you learning right now about who God is or reading or studying that would be an encouragement to someone listening? Such a good question. And thank you, guys. This very broad question. (laughs) I know, but this is just so hilarious because I just I was not planning on sharing any of that. But I think that, yeah, I love that I'm able to. So thank you, guys. I think it just ties in so much with what I've shared. I think with this new role and with the big life change, I've mentioned this multiple times, but heading into the office after working at home for 10 years. And I think just to tie back into that thought of really, I feel like I was hiding a little bit. I had my routine. I had my dog. I've got my office and my husband goes into work, but I work from home. Sure, I don't see anybody all day, but it's great. It's a great setup. And I think that for me, God is always, the way he moves in my life is aggressive. He knows that if there is a slight jiggle on the door that I need to open for my next step, I will not open it without it blowing open. So that's how he usually works with me. And I think for me right now, he's just showing me how much bigger, how much more he has for me to step into, to assist him with. And you just can't hide. You just, whatever area of life that might be, maybe someone who's listening, you're hiding. You are actually hiding your light. Don't put it under a bushel. And I think I was doing that a bit. I think it was, okay, well, I'm out there on social media and I go to conferences every once in a while, but to be able to be out and about and really in the thick of what God is doing in Malibu is really, really exciting to me. But I would not have chosen it myself had he not made it so clear. So I think he's just showing me how much more there is for us to do and work on together. That's so encouraging because I love that picture of the jiggle door. I know sometimes it's like, nope, I'm going to shove you through it because you're not going to take that step on your own. So Emily, you have been, I know you said you weren't planning on sharing any of that, but I definitely feel like that's God working in this conversation. I know that it's been a really big treat for Christian and I, and I know our listeners will just love hearing your vulnerability because like you were saying, we all have that thing, whether we're talking business, whether we're talking personal life, we all have things that just feel really lonely and really hard and like we're on an island. And so I hope that people can hear your story today and say, okay, maybe that's not the exact same thing I'm struggling with. But I have forgotten that God loves me and cares for me and wants good for me and has not forgotten about me. I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Just praise God for how he's working in your life. And so thanks for sharing that story with us today. So sweet. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been so fun to share. And again, I think the holistic approach of how she do that, hopefully, even today to tie back into the beginning of our conversation, when things are not always as they seem. Just hopefully my story can be a great example of that. Of course, I love the pretty pictures. I love connecting with women. I love the shop and all the things that we have going on over on how'd she do that. But I am walking all of these things out and figuring it out as I go. So thank you for allowing me to give a more holistic picture of my life right now. Yes, yes we will obviously reminder make, yeah, we will obviously make sure to link all oh, the fun. things yes, so that you guys can follow along because... Yes, your branding, is very everything is perfection in your branding. I love, yes, we love a good it's brand. It's amazing. Yeah. So thank you, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.